0: The reason
1: that they are pushing things back as far as they as they are is in part to give team, give players the opportunity to get into shape. But the other part is to get to a place where they feel as if they're not going to have a pandemic. They're not, you know, a mini pandemic within within the ranks. That's Rick Bucher on the NBA resuming play, hoping to avoid issues around COVID-19. There's a faction of NBA players who've held conference calls in the past 24 hours to discuss uncertainty about restarting the season in Orlando. There were 40 to 50 players on and off the conference calls in the past 24 hours discussing a number of concerns centered on the restart. Uh, Players don't have to go. They can opt out without being penalized, although they would not be paid because they wouldn't wouldn't be playing in those eight games. And these eight games will cover about roughly 10% of their their salary pk i'm kind of torn on this so two thoughts come to mind one didn't the players association have enough information out there and enough buy-in that this was already covered or you can never cover this there's too many conditions especially for guys who are around people with health concerns and we've heard some reluctance from joe ingles he hasn't said he isn't going but it has never sounded like he's really fully embraced the idea you know, his wife is pregnant, and he's got a kid who could be at risk. So he's got more issues than the average player. He's going to have more questions. Maybe that's all this is. i got to admit, I'm a little surprised. I thought the Players Association was all on board.
2: Well, he has a kid at risk, but what does that matter as far as going to Orlando? I don't understand there.
1: I don't either. Exactly. All I know is I kind of hear a and in Joe's voice, and he's mentioned that, so somehow that plays into it. I don't know. I, I I don't I thought the players were largely on board with this. And maybe I they are. They maybe are. forty to fifty is a small number and I, I should have expected that, but I didn't.
2: But if you have a, someone who is potentially susceptible in Salt Lake City, and what does it Orlando. have to do? Yeah. yeah right. I, I, I think that's two different issues there. He's just worried about his son naturally. I don't think Netson and I can't speak for him, he can speak for himself but I don't think he's necessarily worried about it being an issue in Orlando. He's just worried about, well, he's separated from his son and his wife who is pregnant. He'd rather not be, but they're not going to travel because they have the pregnancy and the susceptibility, plus the young young boy has his therapy that Joe has spoken about. They've got their lives here. He doesn't necessarily want to uproot them for six weeks or however long it might be in Orlando, but that doesn't have anything to do with him getting sick of something in Orlando. Two separate issues there.
1: NBA team personnel expected to be asked to submit personal medical histories to a panel of physicians who would review the individual risk of serious illness due to any spread of COVID-19 in the NBA's bubble environment in Orlando. Now, it's unclear what kind of authority or power they're going to have to deny people to go uh, we know there's three coaches, 65 and older. Now there could be people who have issues with asthma, diabetes, and uh, there's probably a whole wide range of things. So I don't know how much you're going to be able to limit them. This Is going to be more informational? That's another issue that isn't clear right now.
2: Yeah, I think the big picture here is the NBA is going to do it. If you individually can't or don't want to, then sit out. But this is what we're going to do so we can be continue to beat this to death between now and july 30, 31st but i don't think it's going to change anything if you can't or don't want to do it don't do it
1: i think that's largely true the one thing i've heard raised is that if the 40 to 50 players who sit out are stars the nba is such a star driven league how many high level players star players superstar players I mean, we can sit here and stratify them forever <laughs> we often do um, How many of of those players can they lose um, before the whole thing kind of falls apart because the public isn't interested because you don't have the best players there? I mean, 40 to 50 players, these could be guys 13 on the roster, at which point everybody's going to shrug. They could be guy 8 on the roster. People are probably still shrugging. But if they get to be bigger names, maybe it has a bigger impact on just the interest in the whole thing.
2: Sure, but it won't, so don't worry about it.
1: DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL.
0: I think there was obviously an agreement or uh, some people also would say collusion between the owners to not want to sign him. But the bottom line is he's a guy who's been to a Bowl, He's played at a high level. He probably would have been better than some of the other backup quarterbacks, at least, that were on rosters. So, a for period of time, I, I think you definitely you know, could have said that, and maybe he does deserve that.
1: That's Brady Quinn talking about Colin Kaepernick, his potential as a player, and... And be interested to hear from Kaepernick. I don't know if I've missed anything, if you've seen any words. I think it's been pretty quiet out there. You know, does he want to play? That's the first question. Or he's happy with his life now and he's got a good thing going and he's 32. And why go why go get beat up on a football field now? At 28 he wanted to, but at 32, it's a different time. Issue number two, we're going to beat to death. <laughs> Indianapolis Colts quarterback Philip Rivers says the criticism he received with the Chargers last year bugged him says at times what may have angered me a little bit was critics saying I couldn't play anymore when you heard that it bothered me because I wanted to go well, let's turn on the tape and watch all the good things there were some bad plays certainly some throws I went back and some costly mistakes I own up to all those there was so much good and I had some throws last year was probably as good as I had my whole career So this is a guy who's going to have a chip on his shoulder with the Colts. And how much of a difference is that going to make for the Colts in that division? Because he's clearly going to have a chip on his shoulder.
2: I'll have to see how it helps the Colts. And I I would think that just about every quarterback faces this type of criticism as you get older. It's natural. And they have this chip. And they have to figure out to the point where I don't want to do this anymore. And obviously Phillip Rivers isn't to that point. And if I'm the Colts, I think that's good. Have some motivation.
1: Carolina Panthers have moved the statue of former owner Jerry Richardson from outside the north gate of Bank American Stadium to an undisclosed site for what the team called safety concerns. There have been rumblings on social media. The statue might be torn down. Protests continue in Charlotte following the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Richardson sold the team in 2018, but there were reports of racial and sexual misconduct in the 2017 season. So a preemptive move by the Panthers. It's weird to see a crane hoisting that and putting it on a flatbed truck and having it driven away. Yeah, I guess so. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. The Heisman Trophy and everything that happened with USC, that's in the past. Um, Would I love to have it back? Hell yes. But at the same time, is it my
2: focus right now? Absolutely not.
1: Reggie Bush had his Heisman Trophy. He served the 10 years now. He's no longer disassociated from the university. I guess the difference here, in my mind, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. I think he is in most people's minds. He doesn't have the trophy. I guess it would be cool to have it and look at it. But he's still the Heisman Trophy winner.
2: So basically, it's just a 10-year penalty, and at the end of 10 years, you get everything back? Is that the way it works?
1: Well, everything except the actual trophy, yeah. Apparently, the disassociation is over after 10 years. So you can walk around campus, go to practice... Uh, there's rules on how much you can help recruit when you're not a member of the staff, but obviously you can help recruit just by being active on social media. So,
2: and he wasn't allowed to be active on social media. Would, would he I don't receive... know how full,
1: far reaching those <laughs> penalties are. You know, I mean, the, I think the in person stuff at practice on campus, um, I think that stuff that's that's pretty ironclad. But he's passed it now.
2: Yeah, I think that this is a sign of the times, since we don't have much live sports, or if any, I realize we'll golf is going on right now, and so this is becoming a big story. If it would have been a regular year, a Reggie Bush's ten-year penalty is over. Okay, congratulations, Reggie. Now, what are we doing?
1: Well, we're, right now we'd be talking about the NBA Finals because it's June 11th, and we'd be hip deep in that, and that would be uh, that would be the topic.
2: Just have somebody make a trophy if you want one, Reg. The SEC will hold virtual media days
1: this year instead of its annual in-person event, joining a growing number of conferences, going to the, the digital format. No dates for the SEC yet, but we know other leagues have announced, the Mountain West announced that they were kind of on the, on the front end of this. So the SEC, no, no traveling for two days of hanging out with the guys and endless interviews with the players. It will all be online. Two Texas football players tested positive for COVID-19. Third tested positive for the antibodies, the university announced yesterday. Texas has brought 58 players this week to campus. Campus is still largely closed to students there, but they've got 58 players in now as uh, they start to ramp up. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. With the first pick of the 2020 MLB Draft, the Detroit Tigers select Spencer Torkelson, a third baseman from Arizona State University. The fourth Sun Devil to go number one. Torkelson, breaking Barry Bond's record his freshman year. Coming in and smashing it for a guy who wasn't even drafted as a high school guy. So I guess we always have to uh, always have to look around and allow people to continue to get better. Torkelson from undrafted to number one, ASU. You puffing your chest out, PK? Uh,
2: well, when they go to the pros, they go to the pros. I'm an ASU fan. I'm not a fan of ASU players in the pros any more than I am a fan of whomever players from the pros. It's unfortunate for the team because they had two first round draft choices and the season obviously was uh, canceled. And so uh, the, the, the manager, the coach needed a big season and he had a team that was lined up to do it, but obviously it didn't come to pass. But it's a great story for a kid who wasn't drafted coming out of high school. Cause normally, you know, in those 40 uh, round drafts that they have, kids are drafted but this kid wasn't. And interestingly, they let him, they introduced him as a third baseman. He didn't play one second at third base uh, during this past season. He was a first baseman, but they think he's athletic enough and and get to be the first pick and great, great for him. Good luck to him. Doesn't, doesn't really mean a whole lot because there's been actually been first round picks, the first of the first rounds who haven't done much, or they have maybe journeyman careers and other guys have been stars. I mean, you talk about Bonds. I think Bonds went sixth if he I did. remember correctly. He did. And obviously he had a whole famed career with or without the steroids. Uh, but yeah, I actually watched it because it was something to do. Rob Manfred, six
1: years as MLB commissioner, uh, did an interview on ESPN and said he's 100% sure there will be baseball this year. That's a quote to hold on to. 100% sure. What the league will look like, we'll see. But how many games they'll play, we'll see. But he's 100% sure.
2: Well, I think that was a smart political statement there because then that puts the pressure on the players. I'm 100% sure. Are you 100% sure? (laughs) DJ and PK. Hashtag
0: RSL. This World Cup-type tournament is going to be fun. Uh, It's going to be played with multiple games a day for a very concentrated uh, period of time, and we're just excited about it.
1: That's Major League Soccer Commissioner Don Garber. Tournament starts July 8th in Orlando. They're going to seed the groups for their World Cup-like tournament with the draw today. RSL has one of the top six seeds. They're just going to find out who else is going to be in the group with them. The draw is today at 1.30. So July 8th for soccer in Orlando. July 31st in Orlando for the NBA. DJ and PK. Golf. Tony Finau, noon, twelve seventeen actually. His tee time, the Colonial Country Club hosting the PGA Tour. It resumes today. Zach Blair goes off at eleven twenty two Keith Clearwater, who won it back in 1987, the former Cougar, tees off at 1 o'clock. So there are the pros. 16 of the top 20 golfers are going, and Tiger Woods is not, but most of the other big names are there. Real live sports, PK. It happens today. Yeah,
2: that'd be great. That'd be awesome
1: first round of the, first round doesn't usually get a lot. We had Brian Taylor on and, and he was saying, ah, oh, I usually like to play 36 holes and then watch the last 36. This first round will probably be a little different. Probably a few more few more TVs, a few more eyes on this one. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up today, Joe Ingles is going to join us at 7.45. Craig Bullerjack is here at 8.30. Stay with us. A lot of jazz talk still to come on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott.
1: The great Frank Layden on with us. I don't know if I told this story before, but this is one of the nicest things and greatest things that ever happened to me. When I resigned, you know what Jerry said? Hey coach, you know if in two weeks you decide to come back, I'll step aside. I'll be happy to be your assistant for the rest of my career. Wow! That to me was something special. That's a real friend, but Jerry was a special guy. I mean, you know, those things don't appear in his resume or his history, but that's the truth. He was just a special
0: guy. The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. Today's Topic up on our Facebook page. U.S. soccer will not require players to stand for our national anthem. How does that freaking grab you? (laughs) That giggle. (laughs) Mary Jane Jones with the first comment. It's an individual choice. The ones who condemn it are the ones who yell freedom or free society, and that flag guarantees it. Thinking otherwise goes against the guarantees of the flag they supposedly honor. Steve, meanwhile, cuts to the point more quickly, says, I guess it would matter if soccer was considered a
2: sport. And there you have it. I hope that they allow the fans to stand, because really that's probably about the only time they'll have any reason to get up and do something.
1: Boom! (laughs) Matt, the U.S. men's national team, who embarrassed themselves by not qualifying for the World Cup last time, in an easy group... They don't have to stand. That should be the least of their worries. Continuing to embarrass themselves by losing and not getting better should worry them more.
2: I would agree with that. Yeah, they do suck.
1: That's Matt McCann. Matt Thorpe says, uh, I'll give them a pass. They can just lay down. After all, that's what they're good at. Still still a lot of bitterness about not qualifying for the last World Cup.
2: Yeah, that's pathetic. There's no
1: other way around it. Pathetic, horrific, horrendous. Only had to be... uh, in the final group of six she only to be in the top three and couldn't make it.
2: That's really inexcusable.
1: It is. It is. It was a It was a huge failure. Just a massive disappointment. Just awful. Yeah, we should be better than that. Yvonne is okay with it. She says no one's required to stand anyway. It's not a law. Roy well, yeah, Meanwhile it, it, says I'm out. These folks do not care to honor the country. Fine, I do not honor them.
2: Yeah, I and mean, I think that's a legitimate feeling, man. They have the right to say that. If you have the right not to do something, then I have the right to do something or not do something, in re, not in retaliation, but in retort of what you do or don't do in terms of opinion and action, as long as we're not breaking laws, right? I mean, we, I would think we would agree with that, wouldn't we?
1: For every action, there is a reaction, and you're welcome to do whatever you want, but you got to know people are going to react to it. We were just I, discussing that yesterday.
2: <laughs> I do think it's a little different in that it is a national team. Uh,
1: there are people who jumped on that right away, who said yeah. they're not representing a the city, they're representing a country. You know, so it actually, in international sports, anthems get baked into it all the time, right? You get your medal at an Olympic, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. then your country's flag is raised and the anthem is played. So the, the, the politics of it all is, is baked right into a lot of international competitions.
2: Right. And that's not the National Guard paying somebody or whatever it was in the NFL, as you like to tell us many times over back when it started. This is about patriotism. And can you be patriotic towards your country whilst acknowledging it's not perfect?
1: You can be. Uh, some people will choose not to be. Some people will choose not to acknowledge that it isn't perfect. Great. The number one country. I mean, you're going to get a wide range of opinions all over that. But yeah, I mean, that's. On the list of things you can think, yes, you can absolutely think that.
2: And particularly if you're on foreign soil, that tends to really rankle some people. If you go to other places in the world and then bag on the U.S. of A, that really gets under some people's skin. So I think it's a little different than some backup quarterback taking a, a knee in Charlotte, North Carolina, when they're playing Tennessee or something. You know what I mean? I, th- I, th- I think this is different.
1: Uh, we had a couple people who said that. I'll have to find their comments. But I think you're uh, you're on point there for uh, what some of the people here were posting. Oh, here it is. It's John Salcedo. If you're in pro sports and you're representing a city, I get it. If you're actually playing for the national, the U.S. national team, then it's ridiculous. So he draws the line there internationally versus – a pro playing for a city or a state.
2: Yeah, because you're representing us in Belgium, for example, whatever it might be. I just picked Belgium off the top of my head. But you're representing us, and is that a good look? Is that a fair representation? Are we that bad?
1: Uh, we've got uh, Aaron who says, This is yet another reason why soccer is terrible.
2: List uh, two different things. <laughs> I mean, if you think so, it's, it's two different things, though. I mean, it's, it has nothing to do with the sport. If you don't like the sport. You don't like the sport. So be it. Turn it off. Don't watch it. It's going to go on with or without you. So if you don't like it, fine. It's not my favorite. I don't go out of my way. Quit typing while I'm talking. If I don't go uh, watch something, so be it. Rob says that should fix everything. Now I sense a
1: lot of sarcasm there, but I got to admit, as soon as you say it's okay to do something, doesn't that usually take away some of the desire for someone to do it? Isn't that part of the allure of wanting to do it? Is oh, I'm not supposed to do this. Let's see if I can get away with it. Once it's not a big deal, do whatever you want. Does that does it lose some of the excitement and some of the draw of doing it?
2: Well, it'll grow old. But it's just like uh, you know, it's going to be a big issue with the NFL this year, but three years from now, it's not. I would think, I mean, you're going to go on. You, eventually you just, you don't quit. You stop at some point beating your head against the wall. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it. It's like a parent. You can tell a kid, this is not in your best interest. This is not in your best interest, but as they grow up and they do it, uh, after a while, you're just going to say, okay, I got to get on with my life because I'm running out of time here and it's not worth the time and effort. I know what you're doing is wrong. And eventually you'll see it, uh, but if you're going to do it, do it. So you move on. The one thing I was thinking about this issue here, you know, I had the great opportunity for many years to go over to the Air Force Academy every year, you know, either basketball or football, covering Utah, BYU, right? So I had an opportunity to go over there either every uh, well every winter, because everybody always played home and home, and then every other year on a uh, fall basis for football, right? Cause you play home one year and then on the road, the next. And uh, the, they have two gates, basically. They have a South entrance and a North entrance, right? So you're coming from Denver, you go in the North entrance and you got the football stadium off to your left. And then you wind around a little bit to where they have the field house, which has the hockey and the football or basketball. And one of the coolest things is no matter what, BYU or Utah, after the game, when the game was over, the players, the opposing team, win or lose, would go over and stand behind the Air Force players as they stood in front of the students. And they would have some type of fight song, whatever it would be. It wasn't the national anthem. It was some type of song that pertained to the Air Force Academy. And to see the players stand behind them, in a show of solidarity, win or lose. Sometimes you had a difficult defeat, it didn't matter. Sometimes you beat them and you were feeling good. But either way, you went and you stood behind them because you knew that they were about something bigger than the actual game that you just played. And obviously after 9-11, it even took on more significance. And I really thought that was it was a cool thing to see, to watch, to see what they were doing there, to show their support for these young men and women who were basically they're in the military at that point, right? Uh, Because if you stay long enough, you've got the commitment afterward. And particularly as the world developed and things went on, you knew that some of these players uh, that were there and people in the stands that were supporting them in uniform, they were going to be put in harm's way at some point in the next few years. And so that solidarity was really cool. I would like to see that. But that's just me. I realize that that's not going to happen because other people have different points of view. But it was cool to see.
1: I've never been to the Air Force Academy. Seen it on TV. Obviously, we've all watched those games, but uh, never had occasion to be over there and see any of that. But you're not the only reporter who's been on the road there who's who's talked about that. Lots of people note
2: that it's really different. It's a whole different vibe. It really is. Yeah. You feel like you're you're you're, a, you're you're not on a college campus, even though you are. It's something different.
1: James posted uh, people that uh, say that people that kneel are disrespecting a piece of cloth that people have died for. Funny thing is, they also died. So we have the right to kneel if we choose to. And people say that it's disrespecting the flags and our vets and it has nothing to do with the flag. And people need to realize that.
2: Yeah, see, if I believe it has something to do with the flag, who are you to tell me it has nothing to do with the flag? If for me, if it has everything to do with the flag, it has something to do with the flag. If you don't think it has anything to do with the flag, fine. But don't tell me that in my heart, it doesn't have anything to do with the flag. That's the issue that I'd never understood. If you want to kneel and you don't think it's about the flag and you think it's about brutality and all these other things, that are worthy to stand up and be counted for. Great. But if I think it's about the flag, who are you to tell me that I can't stand and honor my flag? I don't understand that. If you don't think it's about the flag, I'm not going to try to argue with you that it is about the flag. If you don't think it's about the flag, I'm fine with it. But if I think it's about the flag for me, Why can't it be about the flag for me? Who are you to tell me that it's not about the flag, the reason why I stand up and put my hand over my heart?
1: Well, that goes, I think, to the core issue of, you know, how are you wired? And some people are wired for the uh, live and let live. I'll do what I want. You do what you want. I don't really care. But other people like the debate, want to win people over, want to dominate people, want to... Oh, I think there are people
2: who... Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know, I, but it's, you're not going to do it, though. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> like, No, I grew up with those people. <laughs> right, but I'm not going to convince yeah. you that it is. See, my thing is, I haven't paid one damn bit of anything for freedom. I haven't served in the military. I haven't done anything to receive all the freedoms that this country gives me. I've done nothing. I was just born into it. That's all. I didn't earn it. I haven't earned the right to have all these freedoms. I didn't serve. And obviously, I'm not going to serve. So it's the least that I could do because I've done nothing to give this country the freedom that it has to be able to stand up, kneel, lay down, roll over, do whatever you want to do. Say basically say whatever you live your life however you want to live it. I've done nothing to earn that right. But yet it was bestowed upon me because I happen to be born in this country. So I feel like that's the least I could do because really I've done nothing. People literally countless have given their lives. What have I given? I haven't given anything. This is the least I could do. And there's a whole list of things that we get to do here
1: that we could have been born in another country and we wouldn't be doing anywhere near what we're doing here. Freedom of speech, freedom right? Of religion, the right to assemble in the street and protest whatever any government is, city, county, state, you know, federal government is doing. That that is just not an automatic. Now it has been here our whole lives. You know, you get to go to church wherever you want to go or not go, but that that's not a given. I and mean, people get slaughtered in other countries because of their religion. I mean, that's you know. We don't, we don't have to worry about that or deal. I mean, someone may be critical of you, but that is nothing compared to what people are dealing with in other countries. Whole, whole religion's banned, and, and you can die for it in a heartbeat, and nobody thinks anything of it.
2: So Right, and I haven't paid one cent. All I've done is adhere to the laws and pay some taxes, but those are basically just taken out of my check. I don't go and pay them. I mean, they make me pay them. But that's no different than anybody else out there, right? So I just feel like, man, I haven't done anything. At least I can do is stand up and acknowledge, wow, this is a beautiful country. Because if it's if it's not about the flag, what, what is it about?
1: DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone, Eric uh, posting on our Facebook page. Name any profession in North America, outside of sports, where all the employees gather immediately before the beginning of every work shift, stop everything they're doing, and sing the national anthem together. None? And what's the point of doing it in sports? Well, what, because there's thousands of people in the same building at the same time? I've been to music concerts in those same arenas and stadiums, and not one of them sang the Star-Spangled Banner first, and they're musicians. Some of the same musicians who have performed that song at sporting events. So what is it about sports that screams, hey, we should take a moment and remind everyone watching the country which country we are currently in? The only explanation I can imagine is that sporting organizations have hijacked the idea of patriotism to spin it into a marketing gimmick. That's it. They play a slideshow on their jumbo screen, light off a dozen fireworks, get the local Air Force base to perform a flyover. It's nothing but a spectacle to play on people's emotions. Hey, my team supports the flag and the troops, so if I want to be a true American, then I must support this team. I think it's a marketing gimmick. Started in World War II. The anthem wasn't a thing. But I think baseball questioned whether they should even be playing during World War II when so many other things stopped and life changed so dramatically. And the president told them to play. And they started the anthem before games. And away we went. Then it was a football and basketball thing. And away we went. So, World War II thing. Now Has it been spun into a marketing gimmick? I guess you could argue that. Uh, does the
2: Olympics do it in a, as a marketing thing?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would argue yes. I mean, they could just give them, they could just give them the medals and then, and then walk away. I mean, wh- why do it? Why, why not do it? Yeah. Why do people qualify through countries? Why not just qualify the best people in every sport? I guess for team sports, it would have to be different. You'd have to organize teams around something. But for the individual sports, some are I don't some both. All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. Joe Ingles is coming up next. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Now let's get this party started. Uh-huh. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. David Locke, do you think that there's going to be an asterisk or an emphasis placed on this championship? You know, if the Lakers win and you hate the Lakers, you'll put an asterisk next to it, right? Like, the world changed. It's a different model. It's going to be a different structure. The best way to define it is you will be the champion of the 2019-2020 season. Like, this is what the 2019-2020 season is, and this is who the champion is. And that's the same way, like, I think this first asterisk is stupid. It was a 66-game schedule. That's what the season was. They. We're the champions. There's no other way to find a champion. I mean, it'll be a really strange moment to win a title in the front of nobody. And in some ways, you know, maybe this is harder. Like, you've got to live without your family. You've got to build a new routine. You've got to motivate yourself without crowds. Like, maybe this is going to be much more difficult. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and the Zone Sports Network.
1: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. We're going to talk with Joe Ingles here in a couple minutes. A little earlier than usual, but Joe will check in with us here momentarily. Craig Bullerjack is coming up at 8.30. One thing I learned about the NBA going back to Orlando that I didn't know, PK, is they're going to have him down there July 7th, even though they don't have games until July 31st. So three weeks in the bubble, three and a half weeks in the bubble before we even uh, get to the games. That surprised me a little bit. thought they'd just be working out at home.
2: Yeah, that's what I said, that you're probably going to end up being there about six weeks at the minimum because you have the three weeks ahead of time and then you're going to have the eight games and then some form of postseason. So everybody that goes down there in terms of the teams, you're automatically in the postseason. So you're not fighting for that. Well, I guess that's not true. Uh, The Jazz are. So they're going to be, that's why I said Joe can count on a minimum of six weeks that he's going to be away from his pregnant wife and his son who has issues. So certainly you would be concerned about that. I mean, obviously you would. He would have been doing that anyway this summer because he would have been in he would have been in the Olympics. So he'd be doing that. And I guess I'll have to do that next year too.
1: All right, let's get to Joe. Hey
0: With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5-1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.
1: The Joe Engel Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) Now are you really, really, are, are you really great or are you just messing with us, Joe? No, I'm really great. We were curious because we had you on last time and you said you didn't know a lot of details because uh, Chris Paul was handling it all and you, know, you just trust the team reps and the, the union head and all that. But now we've heard about these calls, 40 to 50 players on conference calls, getting details, getting questions answered. Are you part of that or are you still just kind of uh, letting everybody else handle it and going with the flow?
3: I am not a part of that. <laughs> I mean, all, all the calls have been um, open, I guess, open to, to all the players. So um, a, a link or whatever will get sent. Um, I've been on some early ones. Um, I've been on a lot of, obviously, team ones, but um, been a little busy recently. But, um, yeah, I, like I said, we... There's always someone from every team. We get a text or an email with with talking points or whatever it is, and um, so yeah, I, I leave it to my my trusted reps.
2: Do you have any idea if there'll be any players who will choose not to go?
3: Um, I don't. I mean, I don't for sure. No. Um, do I think there will be players that don't go? Absolutely. I think um, I think it was Warrage or someone tweeted yesterday that like one of the concerns or the talking points was still for, for players. And um, some people probably think it's ridiculous that we that we worry about our own health and safety because we. Um, I mean, I've had it. I've had when that statement came out about me not playing early on, and then it got retweeted by some of your friends. Um, everyone, a lot of people, right, like you get paid all this money, like just go and play, which obviously they don't... Um, obviously have a good understanding of, of, <laughs> of what we... Like, it's... I don't know. I could get into it way too deep and I'll get way too mad, but um, there's obviously still concerns. There's still stuff we don't know about it. Um, so do I think players, some players, or, or a player won't go? Sure. Out of 22, 22 teams, what is it, 16, 17 per team, give or take? Um, do I think there'll be at least one player? For sure, I think there will be. Yeah.
1: So, your situation seems a, a little unusual here with your wife being pregnant. Uh, are you going to be able to leave for the birth of the child? Have they talked to you about that? How has that worked? That seems like an unusual set of circumstances, but there have got to be a lot of people with unusual circumstances. This is, you know, yours.
3: Yeah. Um, well, we planned it really well um, that the pandemic would hit and the season would get pushed back three months, and then we'd start again, and then – Um, we're actually due in the end of November. So, um, I think the, the last possible game of, I think they said game seven of the NBA finals would be like middle of October or something like that. So, um, yeah, we planned it really well timing wise. So regardless, I'll be with Renee at that time. Um, even if we do play in December and and go back early, um, or whatever the date is for the next year. will obviously be in pre-season or something, but I'll, I'll be able to obviously be there. Um, there is, I'm sure, other pe- other players and, and other guys in different circumstances, but I'm sure there's other people that have um, kids due around that time or, or family or, or whatever the situation is. But um, I think one of the, the points and one of the things they're going to have to figure out, and I don't know if they have or not yet, is... It is people leaving. If, if someone needs to fly out for their, their mum or their dad or their, their, their wife or whoever it is, um, at the start, we're not allowed... Like, no one's allowed there except the players and the staff. So if someone was going to have a baby, they have to, have to be able to let them go and see their baby. Obviously, I don't know what that means when they come back. They have to sit out when they come back. They have to quarantine. There's... Um, there's obviously got to be some kind of protocol around that because there's there's no doubt. I don't know everyone's personal situations, but I'm pretty confident um, someone's going to be in that situation at at this time.
2: So when you guys get down to Orlando next month, you'll have uh, two, three weeks of training before the season starts. Do you know if that training camp is going to be like, the training camp that you normally have preceding a season late September, early October? Um, not really. Um, I don't know how much... I mean, I'm sure
3: the coaches are on training and stuff for it. Um, again, one of the, the weirdest things about this is just obviously the unknown in it all. And um, we, We've been doing a lot of individual stuff. I've, I've been going into the facility, which I'm sure some people are really happy about. Um, and... You just kinda of build up and it's like from what I was doing a week or two ago to now is a lot more and, um obviously it's individual and by myself. I don't uh I'm not breaking any rules, don't worry. Um but then we'll get obviously it'll build up to more and then it'll build up to whatever it is, team practice or three on three or whatever it is and then we'll just get it to uh five, five and five and I think we'll We'll have to play a little 5-on-5. I think that's um, inevitable. need to, to obviously play games and get up and down the court with contact to, to get as ready as we can. Um, and we'll see what happens, I guess. I I'm, I would hate to see Quinn's mind ticking over with all this time that he's had.
1: <laughs> so what kind of things do they have you doing now? What have you kind of scaled up to?
3: Try going and, and lift. Um, So I'm heading in there now. Um, I'm actually sitting in a drive through coffee. So if I have to put my order in, everyone will hear what I'm going to have. Go in and lift for for an hour or so, depending on whatever your schedule is um, or your program. And then on court for about 30 to 45, 50 minutes. um, I, I do a lot of shooting. I run up and down. I've got a certain amount of laps up and down the court I need to get each week or each session. Um, And that builds up over the time. So it's just a a lot of different things.
2: So when you get together in July, will you be in a shape that is similar that you're normally in when you get together that in the regular training camp in September? Say that again. Sorry, you cut out. When you get together in July, what will be your shape as far as being compared to the shape that you're in when you start usual training camp in September? Well,
3: I still probably won't have a six-pack. I'll still definitely be slow. But I don't. It's it's really it's really hard to tell. Uh, I feel like um, I think I said it last week or the week before that that I felt really good. Like I feel like I'm in a really good spot. I've I've got to lift more than I've ever kind of lifted consistently in a in a a standard kind of block of of time. my fitness, uh, like I said, I've been doing these, like, kind of links up and down the core, and, and every time I do it, and, and the next week I am doing up and a uh, lap or two more, um, I feel better and better each week. So the, um, the basketball's slowly getting back, too. I think, obviously, not not having access to a corner for so long, you, you just lose a bit of rhythm. So I've been, been getting a lot of shots up and stuff, uh, which has been really good, but... but uh, I think, but, I mean, by the time the games come, I feel like I'll be obviously ready to go um I hope there's no media invited to the first practice because that might be a little bit ugly, but um yeah, I mean, I think everyone will be ready to go once that time comes because they uh, one of the big one of the big points or whatever has has been the uh the access to, to practice and all that to to make sure we're ready so
0: <laughs> um.
3: They have to they have to give us the right amount of time because we we we've gone from playing a pretty intense season of sixty whatever games and then just kind of stopping um, all of a sudden. So um, they, they've got to give us the right amount of time, and I, I think they've they put that into their obviously their protocols so that they they will give us the amount of time to to be ready.
2: We
1: heard earlier in the week that they're considering a really uh, congested schedule for next season. More back-to-backs. They'll go back to four games and five nights, which they've been eliminating those over the last few years. Uh, and I was say, I, I, didn't
3: we just didn't we just work all that out? and so Didn't have to do that.
1: <laughs> well, the the thing is, they're trying to get the eighty-two games in the playoffs in with the yeah. late start, and they also want to finish in time to get the elite players off to the Olympics, you're obviously one of those. I expect you're going to be playing with Australia next year. And so I was just wondering, as you're yeah. talking about adding more muscle, I mean, you're getting ready to play in Orlando. That's a, but, but in the back of your mind, you've got to be thinking about starting July 31 and then going around the calendar to the Tokyo data, I think it's like July 23rd or something like that, Yeah, start of the Olympics. So you're looking at... Wow, I don't know when in your career you will have played this many games in a 12- to 13-month period with your international play. Maybe you have, but th- this sounds like it'll be pretty intense on you physically.
3: Yeah, um, we've actually had some initial conversations about that. Um, it hasn't gone, obviously, too in depth of, of a plan or what exactly, but we um our head of kind of health and fitness and and all that it it came up because it's it's a realistic thing and like you said and and they know um, the judges have been unreal at supporting me and in letting me play as well and supporting me and playing with the national team so they know I want to play they know I will play (laughs) Um, but there has to be obviously some some thought process and plan behind it because like you said I mean it's um, I've played a lot of games before I've, I've played a lot of games in my life but probably not in the amount of time that that is going to be this more or less like a a year time frame give or take so yeah it has come up and and it's been talked about a little bit Uh, I'm sure behind the scenes they're doing a lot more kind of thoughts and and planning to it Um, but yeah I'm going to basically go into kind of whatever this part is finish out have a little break basically get back into pre-season and then that season will finish, depending on, like you said, when it when it finishes and how many games we can get in, and and, and how far we go with with the Jazz, um, and basically switch off there and, and go right to to the Olympics, which is obviously a a huge tournament for us, and the way we've been playing and coming fourth the last two tournaments, it's a big, it's a big one for us, and um, I want them to be ready and raring to go for the Jazz, but also for for that as well, so. Um, there'll be a planning process and um, I'm not going to let I don't want Jazz fans to think I'm going to start like resting games and sitting out just to be ready for the national team but um, there'll be a plan in, in place I'm sure and I'll um, listen to the, the professionals on it because um, I love playing for the Jazz and then being out there but I also love playing for my, for my country as well so it's two, two very important teams that I, I love playing for
2: so, the other night they have this jazz playback stuff, and it was some of your one of the games that you played that you played really well. Did you sit Did back you watch and it? watch it? Of course, I watched it. I watched it when it happened, and I was amazed, and then I re watched <laughs> it, and I was even more amazed. How about you? Did you watch it? Uh,
3: no, I didn't. I uh, haven't watched it. I, I was, we got into bed last night, and Renee was having a shower, and I was flicking through, and I saw that it, it was. Um, as Phoenix or whatever it was last night and I literally watched like maybe two possessions. Um and then I played it off. So um no I, I, don't, I don't really we've we've watched some other film like I've talked about through through our team and, and stuff like that. I, I haven't watched I haven't just sat down and watched the game but um Mike Conley did inspire me the other day. We were yeah, I was on call and I was on a call and he, he, obviously, Mike, is a headband guy. He put his headband on, so I yelled out to our equipment manager and he got me a headband So I, I, I practiced the other day with the headband on, which was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but only, whatever, two people saw it or three people saw it or however many people were in the gym, um, which for the NBA was the exact correct protocol that we were following. Um, yeah, only a couple people saw it, and I don't think anyone will ever see it again. To be honest,
1: we all want the white gauze. Come on, the white gauze, Joe. <laughs> no, nah, uh, it's it's
3: not happening unless unless my eye gets busted open again, like it did. Um, that was in. It wasn't pretty for it wasn't pretty for me. It wasn't pretty for my family, and it definitely wasn't pretty for anyone else. So.
2: But it was funny.
3: <laughs> it was funny. I was lucky I didn't like get my eye clamped out. That's what I was more worried about, <laughs> for sure.
1: Yeah. Hey, as long as we're on the uh, subject of uh, healthcare, you and uh, KeyBank partnered up to feed lunch, uh, give a free lunch to the frontline healthcare workers at the Fourth Street Clinic, uh, right downtown, not far. Drive by it, come going to uh, yeah. to the arena all the time, and they provide. Health care to the homeless population, and and we know with your son why you've been so active uh, in autism events, and I wondered why you chose uh, to do something for the Fourth Street Clinic.
3: Well, um, I, I I think before before Jake's diagnosis, we we'd always wanted to to give back as a as a family, and I said it when I signed up the other it was way too much money than I it personally. I don't, I could, I can live a very basic life and um, obviously I'm I'm not going to give it back, but I'm also mm-hmm. going to use it in the right way and, and try and help as many other people as possible. And um, I got a reminder the other day, I think sports center posted with, with Landon and the, the glasses and, and stuff like that. There's, there's always um, things we've done and, and a lot of them have been, behind the scenes and I, I hope to keep a lot of it that way but it, it, when autism came up it was an easy focus for us because our son was affected I think anytime you're directly affected by something you, you put all your effort and time and, and anything you can into to learning and researching and and trying to help others like I said we're in a very lucky position so if I can help other people um, who can't afford the, the services of, of what an autistic child needs then, then we're going to do whatever we can to help and Um, this was just another obviously it's a a crazy time in the world and uh, I think a lot of people I think I think when Mike came out and and said what he said about what he donated and and what he'd done it's you don't want to just kind of jump at it the first day and 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 just to someone or or you want to find the right way and way to do it I thought that was something that could help and um, obviously, partnering with Key Bank. We, we were able to help a, a few different little businesses out, um, just to keep them going um, in a in a really bizarre time in the world.
1: Well, well, Joe, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for coming on with us again, and we will talk to you again next week.
3: No worries. I couldn't think of anything better to do.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Joe Engel's joining us every week right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More jazz talk coming up. Craig Bullerjack at 830. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.